Welcome back to the True Patriot Podcast, folks. It is with a ton of honor and excitement that I have with us for this interview series here, a guest that we've been hoping to reach out to and connect to, and we had a chance. This is Miss Michelle Kay of Operation Equine. Uh, for those of you that are unaware, Operation Equine uh, is an organization that also um, works in the areas uh, similar to our to our other nonprofit, which is Allegiance Ranch, but they go a little bit further in certain areas. But I'll let her do that uh, that uh, information giving uh, opportunity here. Michelle, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is fun. I've I've been looking forward to this. Yes, indeed. So have we. Uh, we've been uh, you know any time that we can connect with experts like yourself, that puts us in a in a better role to uh, to provide that education piece to our to our listeners out there. A lot of our listeners are anglers and so forth. And so we, we know how to tie knots, not how to do the stuff that you do. <laughs> there. So what we wanted to do here is just kind of give an opportunity to introduce Operation Equine, of course, yourself, and, uh, and just talk about uh, uh, equine-related therapy, some recreational therapy, the whole shebang here. Um, so uh, having said that, uh, let's introduce you. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> that's, right. um, that's a great question. Isn't that the big existential question of our, you know, of our lifetime? Who am I? That's right. Um, yeah. For purposes of today, mm-hmm. um, I'm the founder and executive director of Operation Equine. Um, and that's the short answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also have uh, an LLC that is MLK Counseling. And so on Martin Luther King Day, right. of, today of all days. Yeah. Um, I am. Those are those are very proud initials that I carry. I, you know, I was going to say you share that with, uh, yeah, with the man those himself. Are, those are those are some shoes to follow, and uh, keeps me keeps me inspired, motivated, honest, and um, and brave, to be sure. That is fantastic. Yeah, I have always said that um, uh, Dr. King was, was easily, in my personal opinion, one of the top three most influential human beings uh, for the time, you know, and so forth. So yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and so yeah, so let's talk about Operation Equine. What, uh, what is it? What's it do? And uh, yeah, what's, uh, what, <laughs> what do you do? Right, what do you exactly. Do there? <laughs> let's yeah. pull back the Wizard of Oz curtain here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we do a few things. Mm-hmm. So Operation Equine, it's a 501c3. And we do equine-assisted psychotherapy and learning with military service members, veterans, emergency responders, and their families. One of the things that makes us unique is that family piece. Um, There's a lot of wonderful organizations out there that serve the veteran, the service member, the emergency responder. Um, And because in my 10 years of working almost exclusively with this community that I love and adore and I'm 110% committed to, um, the whole family serves. Um, I was, I was raised by Project Sanctuary, where I'm also a counselor there for their, um, for our six day therapeutic uh, military and veteran family retreats. And that was the school that I came up in is the whole family serves. So spouses, kids, parents, siblings, caregivers, supporters, um, 
that is like, for example, um, I actually had a really concerned parent call me um, a couple of years ago. Um, her son came back from about six years of service, a different person. And she wanted so desperately to understand and to know how to relate and to be able to engage in a different way. Cause she said, my son went away and came back a different person. And I want to, mm -hmm. I want to understand. And he wasn't ready to do the work yet. So she did. So she nice. came out. Yeah. And because so let me, I'll, I'll back up a little bit for this. Sure. So the equine assisted psychotherapy and learning sounds really intense. Psychotherapy, like, Ooh, I don't want to talk to you. Like you're a therapist. <laughs> you know, I've I have a lot of that, like, Oh, you're a therapist. Nice to meet you. I think I got to go. I hear yeah. my wife calling. I got to, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm tired. I got to go. Um, not all therapists are created equally. I mean, you know, for those of us who are earning our stripes, um, in this, in this community, um, Equine assisted psychotherapy and learning is through the EGALA model, E-A-G-A-L-A dot O-R-G, EGALA. Um, and so with the EGALA model, it's the, it's the holy trifecta. It's a mental health therapist, which is me, an equine specialist, which is Marie Hancock of Colorado Equine Specialist, and the horse. Um, even though I am a horse person, I've been working with horses since I was six, and we'll get into that a little bit, like I was doing equine therapy before it was a thing, you know, um, but the EGALA model uses two human professionals and the horse as our, as our trinity of healing. And so the way we describe that is the mental health person watches the client with the horse, the equine specialist watches the horse with the person and the horse does what it does. I'm also certified in equine guided education, which is where I get to wear both hats at the same time. Nice. And so equine guided education does not have to be done by a licensed mental health professional, which I happen to be. Um, it could also be done by a coach. It could be done by, you know, someone who's an occupational therapist, a speech therapist. It could be someone who's done some work with mental health, um, but doesn't necessarily have to have those credentials. Nice. Um, Operation Equine, we also have a wonderful mental health therapist who is certified through the HERD Institute, H-E-R-D. Um, and she's an equine facilitated mental health specialist, equine, E-F-M-H-L. Yeah. Equine facilitated <laughs> mental health and learning. I know it's acronyms. Uh, A lot of alphabet yeah, soup. All, yeah, exactly. All <laughs> over the place. Um, so those are, those are my, um, my, my, my super friends. So sure. um, our therapist that we work with at Allegiance Ranch is Allison McCabe. She's the one who's certified through the Herd Institute. Um, and then Marie Hancock down at Colorado Equine Specialist, which is in Parker. She's my, uh, she's my trusty equine specialist who she's an army veteran spouse and she's amazing. She has created the most amazing place out there also. Nice. Um, and she works with all different kinds of therapists. So Allegiance Ranch is specifically military service members, veterans and emergency responders and at Colorado Equine Specialists. I am her dedicated uh, military veteran and emergency responder person. She's my dedicated person for that. And then she also works with other kinds of mental health therapists for other programs as well. Yeah, she's nice. phenomenal. Yeah, really nice. blessed to be working with her since uh, 2020. Wow. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's so you, you talked about it a little bit about your childhood uh, growing. What? So you're the founder, right? You're a licensed uh, mental health uh, practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, what? brought you to this? I mean, off air, you and I spoke about something. We share a, a, a very unique situation in that we're involved, uh, you know, me on a much lower level, but we're involved in this community of helping in areas. Neither one of us are veterans. You're not a veteran. 
you are what I uh, forever shall re, you know, name you as a, another true patriot that's out there that, you know, what brought you to this as far as how did you, how did you create this? What, where did you see that? You know what? That's it. I'm going in here. This is, you know, because let's face it. It's, it's not, uh, it's not an easy path. This is, we're in deep, sometimes very dark waters that a lot of people don't understand. So <laughs> what brought you here? Yeah. Um, so I, I worked with at-risk youth for about 30 years. My joke is I was working with at-risk youth since I was one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and horses, to be honest, they saved me at a very young age. I was fortunate enough to go away every summer and the horses, that's all I wanted to do is just be outside camp, canoe, kayak, um, and be with the horses. And I would nice. ditch some of the other activities at summer camp to go hang out at the barn you know, they'd have to write me a note to like get out of gymnastics. So like, can I go pick hooves? Can I go muck stalls? Can I just groom horses and shine, you know, shine saddles? So they would, they would always say, of course, you know, free labor. Sure. Um, you know, you're not going to tell some eight-year-old kid, you know, so we always, we always, you know, had to ask, a, ask forgiveness instead of permission, which, you know, right. we still do to this day, <laughs> much to the chagrin of many, many people. Um, but then when I started getting older, I started being a wrangler at a summer camp. It's called the ranch camp out here in Albert, Colorado. Um, and that's where I really um, learned not just the work ethic, but there's a there's a warrior ethos, obviously, that runs through, you know, service members and veterans and emergency responders. There's also the warrior ethos can show up. The warrior spirit can show up in many ways. And as Wranglers, man, like we worked harder and played harder than anybody else. Like our joke was we do more work before breakfast than y'all do all day long. Right. You know, so at 15, we learned how to swagger. We did roundup. You know, we were getting thrown off and bucked off and kicked and fixing fences and giving shots. I mean, this was before the land of liability, you know, when we could still actually learn stuff and not get in trouble for it. Right. I had the most amazing mentors um, to this day. I still am so, so grateful to them. Um, for that, for that work ethic. And also I would, one of the things I learned is because I was, um, uh, I was just in, just immersed in that world is when, when kids were scared or when even the staff was scared for of the horses, or they didn't want to go on the trail ride, or they were just nervous. I would stay back from the trail ride and I would just teach them what I knew about how to relate with the horses. I was 16, you know, what did I know? Nice. I knew enough about the horses to just teach them and to breathe and to be with them and to learn how to earn their respect and to learn how to respect them. I mean, that's 1200 pounds of, of sentient being that is that you, that they've got natural BS detectors. Like you're not going to be able to get away with much, you know, like, right. yeah, like I'm not hanging with you today. I'm not feeling it. Right. Um, you know, and so then fast forward after 30 years of working with, I worked with kids with learning differences. I worked with homeless youth. I worked with non-traditional youth, kids who were running their own households because their parents were incarcerated teen parents, kids who wanted out of the gang system, we created our own school for them. And, um, and which, wow. which I loved. Yeah. The school to this day is still standing, which I'm very, very proud of. Um, but I, I was getting burnt out from the city and I needed, the horses were, were calling me back. And, um, and just about that time, um, as I started checking out the horses again, like, wait a minute, equine therapy is a thing. Like people are, right. people are doing this, like they're getting certified in this. What the heck? So I started checking it out. And then this was like 2008, 2009, when um, there were a lot of equine programs, both therapeutic riding, as well as um, the on the ground work that we do, the equine assisted learning and psychotherapy um, started working. They were coming, um, they were starting to work with wounded warriors for men and women who were coming home 
who were in a world of hurt. And so I met one of my best friends to this day, who's an Air Force and Marine veteran. And I met him in an equine program and really started understanding, um, you know, the horses really helped him through a very, very dark time in his life. And so as I started learning more, both with the horses, as well as starting to volunteer with Project Sanctuary, um, you know, and really starting to understand about what service was like, um, I... I started falling in love with this community mm-hmm. and I was called to serve, to serve them. I never had the opportunity to serve. And I was, I didn't come from a big military family. My dad was a veteran, but he served in non-war time. Um, and it just, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. This yep. is, this is what I need to do. And then I started working for project sanctuary. And then I started becoming an, a, an MFLAC military family and life counselor and I just went all in. I just drank the Kool-Aid. I was working surges, <laughs> you know, like for 30 days after a surge, like as a mental health professional, I sat all day, every day, eight hours a day talking with men and women about resources and their challenges and what they loved and what they hated and what they were scared of and what they needed help with. And I talked with, you know, men and women from every walk of life, every background, every rank, every situation. And, um, the more I sat with them and heard their stories, um, the more I was like, this is, this is what I got to do. So that's how I started that. I'll say one more thing and then I'll pause. I also had a, um, two warriors in my life that helped to, that helped to raise me. Um, officer Mike Starr, who was in my childhood, he, uh, single mom, two girls, you know, he, he would drive by all the time and just like check in on us, check in on my mom. He was a fellow ginger and just a good dude you know, who would check in if things got too loud or if things got out of hand or if we right. were out too late, you know, all of a sudden I'd see a cop car behind me. I'm like, what's going on back there? And he, you know, I'm like, it's like, Michelle, it's officer star. What are you doing out this late? And I was like, oh, you know, I was like, actually I'm taking friends home. So they wouldn't drive after under the influence. You know, I took their keys. So I drove them home. You know, he would come to our holiday parties. You know, he was a, just a, just a great, great dude. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, total neighborhood cop. And then also uh, Vietnam veterans have always had a very, very strong place in my heart. Um, my history teacher, my art teacher in high school, he was a Vietnam veteran. Um, and uh, without getting too much into it, no matter what anyone's political beliefs, um, I learned at a young age that we did not treat our Vietnam veterans the way we should have when they came home. Um, you know, again, politics aside, these are, these were young, these were young men who were told a certain thing and got over there and found out something different and, um, had to learn some things the hard way. And so Vietnam veterans, man, the crustier, the better. I love those. I love those men and those women. And, um, they have a very, very special place also in the work that I do. That is awesome stuff. You know, you, you covered so many areas there that I could, I could probably, uh, go on for days with this, but a couple of the pieces I think that just really struck home on this is timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And about that time, that 2008, 2009, you know, and, and then for the next 10 and still going on now, mm-hmm. uh, years, you know, there started to become a time in, in the U S media piece here. Again, I, by the way, thank you so much for saying that. Cause that's something we believe in wholeheartedly, which is politics have no place in anything that I do out here just because it's, it's pointless and I have no interest in it. What we're talking about is people. Um, and that's what matters that to me, yeah. that's where we en- enact big change. And unfortunately during that time of that 10 year piece from nine to, to 2019 range, Man, things started to lose their 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 sexy appeal to the 
to the markets. And so all of a sudden the media coverage started dropping. What people didn't realize and what they don't realize is that the, the men and women were still there and they were still coming home and they were still engaged in, in wartime matters, which, uh, you know, is not a Bruce Willis movie. All right. It's just not. Right. And so the, the real to the, this piece is just, man, what a, what a great, what a, a fortunate piece for you to be coming in at that time. And what I feel uh, equally is that right now is still more than ever is so critical uh, that they need the support. Um, I'm not here to bash VA or do any of that stuff, but the fact of the matter is there's not enough support, you know, for that community. There needs to be more. And this is an area, you know, uh, equine related uh, therapeutic uh, modalities, things of this nature, you represent that, that, you know, that top tier piece in my mind of the, you know, now we're, we're not only backing up the, you know, one side of this with the recreational side, but we're also adding the medical side in its credibility and its, you know, resources. You bring those two things together, man. What a, what a perfect storm of awesomeness, you know, in, in my mind, that's, I mean, that's where we're at with that piece. And that kind of takes us to the next piece. This goes all under the umbrellas, if you will, of recreational therapy. Am I right in that assumption? A hundred percent. Yep. Talk about recreational therapy as a, as you know, itself, what help us understand that better. Yeah, you bet. It's one of the reasons I am so grateful to work with Dan and Gloria at Allegiance Ranch because so like, for example, what they provided at, at Allegiance Ranch, just even way before I got there, like they, they have an amazing thing going on is that that therapeutic piece with the horses where they teach horsemanship clinics, where they teach riding, um, where they, you know, volunteers can come out and groom and muck stalls. I mean, I gotta tell you, mucking therapy is a real thing. Like I, you know, we, we, we gotta, we gotta talk about charging for that, you know, except for the fact that it's like, it's always needs to be done and it's free. It's dirty. (laughs) And then it's clean. And like, like that's all there is to it, you know? So, you know, being outside that recreational therapy, where you're outside and you're outdoors. I mean, yes, there's also recreational therapy, there's art therapy and there's some other things. Art therapy, side note, super powerful. Uh, nice. Remind me, I'm gonna bookmark that because it's yeah. one of the organizations we work with that I, they have the art therapy that they do in the program. Um, this is our bookmark at the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. We are their equine program. They're connected up with CU Anschutz and we are so honored to be working with them. Their art therapist, um, Gayla Elliott, is she's a miracle worker. She has shown wow. me the art at the or she's you know they they some, so they showcase the art at the end of their three week intensive outpatient program. Blows me away every wow. time. Gives me chills. So art therapy, yes, that is also recreational therapy. I think what more what we're talking about right here is that outdoor, right. is being outside, is the sun on your face and the wind in your hair, and it's getting, you know, grounding. I mean, all the scientific evidence about, you know, just getting your feet on the ground. We don't do a lot of barefoot work out there at the ranch. So, you know, <laughs> you know, that can get pretty grody, but, you know, just having your feet on the earth, even with shoes on right. um, and being able to get that fresh air. I mean, even when people just get out of their cars and start walking towards the horses or walking towards the animals and their jaw starts relaxing and their breathing slows, their shoulders drop a half an inch and they're like, okay, I can just be here for a little while. Right. And because the, you know, the goals, the way we approach the goals are differently. Like, of course, if it's an official mental health session, we actually have therapeutic goals. Um, but the way we approach them is very, very different. So like in an office, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I do some traditional, you know, telehealth and office therapy and I don't work. I, I am, 
I, it is not my, it is not my full-time thing because I don't like being in office for too long either. <laughs> I don't want, you know, like, and being with the horses and being outside, like even just chuckling at the chickens when you walk in and you hear the little, buck, 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 <laughs> and they make the funniest noises, you know, and then you get out there and the donkeys are singing and Lord knows what they're saying. They're laughing at us. I'm pretty sure most of the time. Right. Right. You know? And down at Marie's, she's also got goats and just, oh, actually both at Allegiance Ranch and yeah. we find special got the three there. amigos there. Exactly. And they look like little aliens, you know, with their little eyes on the side of their heads and they're being all goofy <laughs> with their horns. Like, the entertainment value and the chuckle value and the just being outside and getting away from technology. Oh, my stars getting away from technology and just being able to be present with these sentient creatures and just being able to breathe with them. You know, when you go into the scientific things of, you know, the way our hearts entrain with horses and the way our breath goes with horses and being able to be in their, you know, be in their heart space and be in their heart field. I could geek out on that science all day long um, <laughs> because we do our heart rate can slow with the horses because their heart rate is slower than ours is. Right. So we find ourselves slowing down, you know, because just the, the, you know, the modern world is so hectic and we're multitasking and things are dinging at us and, you know, and things are ding, <laughs> they always need our attention, you know? And so being able to just turn that dang thing off, stop the notifications and be present. Yep. And so being able to, that's the other thing about the equine therapy that I absolutely love is that we may have a structured session all ready to go. Our therapeutic goals lined up because that's important to do. And the horses might be like, no, nah, that's not what we're doing today. I'm taking you in this direction. Like you may think you're talking about, you know, anger management or stress <laughs> relief. And you might have these three activities planned, but now nah, we're going to go ahead and stick with what we're doing. And we're going to get really deep into whatever topic we are on right now. That's awesome. And so a good practitioner is paying attention to that and is going to ditch their agenda out the window and be present right. with what is same thing with that recreational therapy thing, right? Like you've got your goals for the day. We're going to do this until 10. We're going to do this until noon. And that's the beautiful thing about recreational therapy is being able to just huck that at the, you know, in the window, because if someone's taken a long time to learn how to, you know, tie the fly on, or someone's taken a really long time to get a halter on, or they want to spend that whole 30 minutes grooming Heck yeah, that's what we're going to do. That's awesome. And so it's being able to, yeah, meet our participants where they are at and with what they need that day and throw our agendas out the window and be with what is. That is so powerful to, you know, that, that impact piece there. You know, I've said this many times in the past, what initially got my attention um, for the credibility piece of recreational therapy was the science behind it, right? I'm, I'm a big one uh, for sourcing information. Um, that was one of the, the great things that my college experience did teach me to, you know, my professors required it. Therefore, it taught me, you know, moving forward to make sure that the information I'm looking at is creditable. So I, I did a, a tremendous amount of research on the, the recreational, then the outdoor piece, and so the science was there, but as I've said before, the witnessing of it is just the life-changing event. Um, we know recreational therapy works. We've got, you know, it's still very young and there's still a lot more to, to be done in this area, but what has been done, we can back it up with science. We've, there's those of us out there that have seen it. Why do you think, what's your opinion on why these, uh, because let's, let's just face it, the impact is powerful. Holy Moses. It's, I mean, way more than in, yeah, I'll be the one to say this because I have nothing to, to lose or gain way more effective than, than a bottle of pills 
you know what? I'm sorry, but this is to me, this is the stuff people can take care of themselves. It's healthy. Why do you think, you know, it is so powerful, the, 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 the recreational therapy piece? What's your opinion on that? Mm-hmm. Um, I will speak from personal experience and then I'll tell you a brief story. Um, just even a couple of days ago, I live in Louisville, okay. Colorado. And so the fires, right? Mm-hmm. The fires of the last two weeks. Um, six doors down from me, a neighborhood and a half is gone. Ugh. Like gone, just gone. And there's, you know, there's these pockets. And as I've been driving around and there's these pockets in Superior and in Louisville, an entire cul-de-sac gone, an entire block gone, an entire, you know, and it's just heartbreaking. Um, I am fortunate that my house is still standing um, and the neighbors, you know, we're all doing everything we can. And I even felt my nervous system starting to get out of whack. The smell, the chemical smell, um, checkpoints and neighborhoods with police officers, very kind police officers and the lights, you know, the smells um, coming into the neighborhood with cars squished up, with things melted, with um, it's devastating. And it's probably the closest thing to a war zone I've ever, you know, obviously ever been in. And um, I felt that my nervous system, I could feel it. And I didn't know what was like, I was just really irritated and I was getting really just short and just aggravated really easily. And my fuse was getting short and it takes a lot for my, I mean, there's certain things that'll get me zero to hundred in no time flat. But for the most part, I'm a pretty patient person, right? I'm, I'm really glad that I'm keeping my language clean at this point so far. I, I make no guarantees. We might have to bleep me out at some point, but for the most Not part, a need. I, yeah, for the most part, I'm a pretty patient person um, and my fuse is pretty long, but I just, I felt my fuse being short. My guts were not happy. Like I was starting to get a headache and I was like, what the heck? And so I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get away from a screen. I got to go get away from all of it. And I went hiking with a girlfriend and we were in the snow and there was sun and there were, you know, it was about, it was, um, we went hiking about a, almost an hour from here and got down to the river and the sunlight was shining on the river, which meant the, the sound of a river besides horses neighing and snorting. It's my other favorite noise is like the sound of running water, mm-hmm. you know, river, a waterfall, just the little, you know, the little tinkle of the water going down the rocks and the sunlight and the, you know, just the sound of it and the look of it. And I got really close down to say hi to the water and just stick my hands in it. Like, you know, there's all this scientific evidence about, you know, the negative ions and the positive ions and, you know, getting your hands in the dirt, getting your hands in the water. So I went down to put my hands in the water and just feel the cold, you know, and, and to dip into it. And I heard this little gurgle. I heard this, you know, of like, you know, like that really, I mean, you know, you're Mm -hmm. on the water all the time when the water goes under like a rock or under some, you know, some leaves that are all bunched up and it just does that little bloop. Right. It almost sounds like a frog and it's the coolest thing. (laughs) I started laughing, Jane, and then I started crying. Oh, wow. Because it was just like, oh God, this is what I needed. Right. I needed to get out of the smell and the sight of, you know, burnt beams and cars that had been incinerated and, you know, and, and just to hear that and to feel that and, you know, laughter and tears are two sides of the same coin. You know, you, you laugh so hard until you cry sometimes and you cry so hard until you laugh, like that was it. And, oh, it was just the most amazing moment. Like, right. This is what I needed, you know, and the trees and the snow and the sky and the fresh air it put things, it's put it record. This is a super duper long answer to your question, but recreational yes. therapy, it's that it's that being under the blue sky or the cloudy sky, being in that fresh air, it puts things back in perspective. We are natural creatures. We, 
you know, we've gotten so far away from all of that for the most part. I mean, we were fortunate to live in Colorado where most of us within 20, 30 minutes can be in some beautiful place to hike or at least find a beautiful walking path, you know, and we're so, so fortunate that we don't live in some, you know, like, you know, some bogged in city um, and we can, and we can get outside pretty easily. And so remembering that, that all yep. you got to do sometimes is get your butt outside, close off your close off your technology, go stick your feet on the earth, feel the sun on your face. And it puts things in perspective. It will literally change us on a neurochemical level to go take three deep breaths outside in some fresh air. Yep. Literally there's science to it. We can, you know, we can put all the resources in at the end of the podcast, but I was going to say, yeah. And so whether that's fishing, whether that's hunting, whether that's camping, um, we're going to talk about the therapeutic pack trip here in a moment because mm -hmm. we're going to we're going to put together all of our all of our the best elements of what it is we do um, this summer, right. and um, it just reminds us where we come from, who we are, and to put all of the craziness into perspective. I couldn't agree more, and it's you know, ironically. Um, I didn't always just do this only for a living. Obviously, 23 years I spent in the IT industry um, playing uh, playing with computers uh, and realizing that, you know, the greatest moments in my life were anything away from that. Um, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you love doing sure. it. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, technology has always been a, a part, you know, somewhere in there. I'm, I've always geeked out with that stuff. That's great. But when I was out fishing, I mean, as a kid, I grew up outdoors. You know what I mean? And then the twenties, thirties portion of my life, I, I moved into, you know, the bigger city, wasn't able to get out as much, mm -hmm. but as in my thirties, when I, when I actually had an opportunity to start fishing again, I started having this pull myself to it and had no idea what it was. And only now 20 years later, you know, I look back on it and I realize what that was. And that piece that you talk about that, that connecting, um, is is so real and it's you know there there are there are two versions of listeners for our podcast right now there's there's those folks that are deep into the outdoors okay so for them as we sit here and talk about the outdoors they're probably got a lifted eyebrow right now going what do you mean get outdoors that's where i work that's all i do it's harder for them maybe to understand where where folks like us are coming from that we don't have that every day. Our, our jobs, you know, don't allow us there um, or, or wherever. So there is a power, you know, to that. But, but one of the other areas here that I, I want to make sure that before I lose this train of thought, you spoke about when you drove through your neighborhood, the, the chaos scene that you saw. I think this is the one piece that the recreational therapy, where my personal opinion, where a lot of this comes in, these veterans, these first responders, men, women, uh, their families, they may not have the smell of the chemicals. They may not have the visual charred ground, but they have those very same feelings every day with just the mere thought of going to work. And this is where folks like you and I uh, have, have spent some time to actually do our best. We don't walk in their shoes. We don't, we, there's no way we can truly know, no, but that empathy piece, that understanding piece can still be there for folks out there to understand that this is so very real mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. And yeah. something as simple as, hey, let's go fishing today. Mm 
Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. That's what's on the docket for today. Here's a bunch of gear. I'm going to load you up. I'm gonna, we're going to set you up. We're going to go jump on the boat. And we're going to go flying. Or how about we just go to the ranch today? Let's stop by there. Let's go take a look and see what, uh, what Gizmo and Georgie are up to. The, the two donkeys out there singing. <laughs> Let's go see what they're doing today and just see what, uh, what the other volunteers are doing. No expectation piece. That's maybe, uh, you know, speaking directly to the first responders, to the vets that were involved with, with your situation over there. They got within about eight miles of our neighborhood. So we were very, very fortunate. But on my previous podcast, episode one, we put out our phone number um, that if they need anything, call us because we're going to connect them to people like you. We're going to be that conduit of information to try to get them the resources, or I'm just going to invite them to come, you know, join me at the ranch. Let's go hang out. Let's go meet Dan and Gloria out there. You know, things of this nature. I, if, if any of those folks are watching this one, absolutely. Again, I'm going to throw the number up here in, in production. We'll get that up. Um, reach out to Operation Equine. Call me, you know, get a hold of Michelle, get a hold of, you know, any of us. Yeah. Because um, that, that network piece, you know, I, you know what I mean? I know I kind of rambled there a little bit, but I wanted to make sure to get those two. I made notes that you were, you were going down there. But it's that recreational piece, that reconnection. Uh, mm-hmm. You said it best. We are creatures of this planet. I know that sounds a little granola to some folks out there, but it's the truth, folks. That's why you love fishing so much, and for the, you know, or or other areas, camping, hiking, bird watching, gardening. It doesn't matter. Just reconnect, you know. And there, there is a powerful, powerful piece. We've talked about this uh, uh, several, several areas here, but. It does take a village. And I think the more success comes when organizations like yours, ours, the ranch, mm-hmm. your, your other, when we all start working together with that common piece, it was one of the reasons why we didn't go nonprofit mm-hmm. because uh, while we may be doing some of those, I didn't want to be in direct competition with those folks that I was trying to work with, you know? Right. So we stay on the for-profit side, but Talk about your team, your network out there, the people that you're connecting with that make this all happen together. What are, what are some superstars and, and, and other, you know, honorable mention pieces that, that come together that are making this easy for you guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We wouldn't be here without, yeah. Without the people who helped us get to, to help us get started and continue to help us. Right. Colorado Veterans Project. I wouldn't exist without them. Uh, Rob Bingham and his team of super friends out there with Colorado Veterans Project. They umbrellaed us while we were still getting our 501c3. Um, they were instrumental. In fact, Laura Bingham, um, who is the, who is, um, um, she and, she and Rob are, I, I, I can't say enough about those two. They're an amazing, I call them a power couple. They would laugh and just be like, Michelle, you're crazy. Stop that. <laughs> They're two of the most like amazing, humble people. I know Laura Bingham did our logo, which I'll, I'll give a shout out for that. We, let me see if right. you can kind of see that there. There it goes. Fine. There it is. We'll throw um, it up. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Laura Bingham actually created our logo and um, Amada and Adam uh, Bosick from Evergreen Results. They started our website, um, you know, without uh, Warrior Now, they've been they've been a huge supporter. Um, their programs are just amazing. And we're, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to get, you know, some programs going between us and them. But in terms of being able to, we're all big believers. And when the tide goes up, all the ships rise. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so, uh, Tiffany Morgan, who is their essentially their chief of staff, and then also has a, her own business called your weapon is your mind. She's a Navy veteran. So she and Dan without her, I wouldn't know Dan and Gloria. Oh, and nice. So okay. With lawyer now, and she, she's my, uh, she's my co-conspirator on our military cultural competence trainings, which she and I co-facilitate 
which coincidentally we actually got to do out at Allegiance Ranch. Um, and then we also do a lot of them out at uh, Colorado Equine Specialist. So those military cultural competence trainings, just side note, um, because we're, we're remodeling and refreshing those for this year, which I'm super excited about. Um, those military cultural competence trainings are for civilians, they're for boards of directors, for fellow veteran serving organizations or military serving organizations, for other businesses who want to employ veterans or veteran spouses, um, who sometimes, these are brilliant men and women, these spouses or these you know, partners, significant others, who have a really hard time getting uh, really good positions sometimes because you know when they PCS with their person around for every two years, they got you know bullet holes in their resume, but these are brilliant people with a ton of education and experience, you know, but an employer doesn't know diddly squat will be like, well, you seem to move around a lot. Like, yeah, because my <laughs> partner's military, like, hello. You know, so being able to give some of that military cultural competence piece to employers, to volunteers, to board members. Um, and also to family members. I've had some family members come through that, come through that training too, who are like, oh my gosh, this isn't just my husband that does this. Like they all do right? this. Well, not all of them, but yeah, like it's, right. they're, they're not the only ones. So you're not weird. That's right. Well, I mean, you might be weird, but it might be like good weird. But it's not weird. for this. That's right. That's right. You know, it's a good kind of weird. That's um, right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's been just a, that's been just a huge, huge blessing, that training. Um, and then we also, um, my board of directors has been just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I will say one of the things that you said is that, um, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but there's no one way into therapeutic, um, into a therapeutic activity. Like for some people it's fishing, that's their way in to start just feeling better. Yep. Like I'm just gonna go fishing with some veterans and chat it out. For some people they'll come to the muster at Allegiance Ranch, they'll hang out with some other men and women around a campfire and just talk and just shoot the breeze with someone where they don't have to watch their language. They don't have to watch what they say. They can just yep. be themselves. For some people, their way in is hunting. Um, one of my advisory board members without whom, like you said, honorable mention, Izzy Abbas, who I jokingly call Mr. All Things Denver veteran. Um, I wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't be here without him either. He says, the way he puts it is that there's no silver bullet. Right. We have a quiver of golden arrows. That's so beautiful. For some people, right? For some people, their horses are the way in. For some people, yoga or art or whatever is their way in when they start thinking like, you know, I'm not feeling great and I've not been feeling great for a long time, whatever that means to them. And, you know, to your point about the bottle of pills earlier, there's a time and a place for pharmaceuticals to get people straightened out. And then there's a time and a place to say, huh, maybe there's some other things I could be trying. Exactly. You know, maybe again, not VA bashing at all. I know some sure, sure. wonderful people who work out of the VA system and sometimes yep. their hands are just tied. Yep. Um, but to start looking at like, well, maybe instead of 20 medications, maybe I could look at that and see if there's another way to address the depression or the anxiety or the anger management. Um, and so again, being able to sometimes do things hand in hand, you know, while people might be weaning off of one of their medications, because you don't ever want to stop one of those ever really powerful ones, especially without medical supervision, right? Exactly. But while that's coming off to learn, I'm very, very big on mindfulness. Um, and people think that's a big, you know, like you said, granola, crunchy, woo woo word, and it is not. <laughs> nope. It is scientifically proven Yep. Um, to, to practice that presence and that slowing of our heart rate and to stop the racing thoughts in our minds. So, sorry, I kind of went a little off track no. there with your original question. Great info. Of, yeah, yeah. The, the techniques that we're learning, um, you know, like, for example, you had asked about, you know, one of our partners, the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. Um, again, we are super fortunate to be their equine program. 
they do art therapy, they do movement therapy, they're teaching mindfulness. And so we get to parallel what they do with the horses. And one of my favorite cohorts, man, these three guys came in. Can I tell a story for a second? Sure, absolutely. They came in skeptical, crunchy, arms crossed, looking me up and down, looking at us like, <laughs> I'm going to pet a horse and feel better. We actually had one dude. He literally was like, so I get to pet some horses, then go watch football, right? And I was like, yeah, that's what you're going to do, brother. You're going to pet a horse and then go watch football and feel better. And the dripping sarcasm, he's just like, okay, got it. So I was like, pay attention, pal. This is not my first rodeo, you know? Like, I'm not afraid of you. So I ain't scared, you know? So, um, you know, so by the end of it, you know, they, what, what we do with the horses that mindfulness piece that just shut up and spend time with the horses and let them put their hands in the horse's fur and let them pet the mane. And, you know, all the, a lot of the stories are metaphorical, you know, cause they make up all sorts of stories about the horses. So this one horse became like that fill in the blank, like, Oh yeah, I know what she's about. I know what her story is like. Oh, do you really know? Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and this, this was a big dude, you know, so he was super skeptical. And so by the end of it, as we did, as we went through some of our activities, as his face relaxed, as the, as the thought stopped racing, as he got curious instead of judgmental, as he was like, well, what is that horse doing? And why is she doing that? And we're like, well, what do you think that's about? You know? And so seeing the interactions between the horses and then that metaphor of like, oh my gosh, that's like my 16 year old. Right. I do that with my 16 year old. Like, right. brother, you sure do. So let's work this out, right? By the end of it, I might get a little teary-eyed on this one, Gene, so forgive me. But like, by the end of it, everyone had their experience. And these were three veterans who had seen a lot, done a lot, super hard on themselves, TBI, PTSD, the whole nine. And to give them that day together and to hear each other's stories in a different way and to see how the horses reflected back to them their own judgment of themselves, their own judgment of others, their own assumptions right? Their own assumptions. Right. How often do we assume things and be like, oh, that's me. That's not them. That's me. Like, yeah, right. that's you. By the end of it in the debrief, it was the most phenomenal connection of like brotherly love and, and connection and encouragement and support. I mean, not a dry eye in the house afterwards <laughs> because they reflected back to each other. They'd only been together a week by the time we got them. Right. They usually see us on that first Saturday of the three weeks. And to reflect back to each other, their experience with the horses, because it doesn't matter what your rank is. It doesn't matter what your experience is. It doesn't matter what you did or did not do when you were in the military, combat veteran, non-combat veteran, doesn't matter. Nope. Horses don't care. They want to know, are you showing up? Are you, are you being what you say? Are you saying what you mean and meaning what you say? That's what they're interested in. Right. So when you're full of horseshit, excuse my language, they're going to they're gonna call you on it. And they're going to act <laughs> yeah. out and they're going to let you know, like, I don't care if you know where my favorite scratchy spot is. If you're being incongruent, if you're being, you know, horses rear end, I'm not having it. Yep. And so, and that's very humbling to have 1200 pounds of, you know, biofeedback right there. Very right. humbling. Right. And so to see that and work through it and just by the end of the day, have those insights it is just there's nothing like it there isn't nothing like it yeah i mean that's you you hit the nail on the head so many times with that you know and it's 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 there uh we we see it around and that network of of support from all those people you know and and i'm sure the list goes on and on and on the biggest piece that i want people to understand is 
that that they take from this is just the proof in the pudding of of the network. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Staff Sergeant Justin Patterson, who I now call a very good friend of my family's, mm-hmm. met him at the Warrior Bonfire Program. He he was talking about one of the influences he had uh, in one of his mentors that talked about when information comes to you, you can be one of those guys that that has a bucket and you put that information in the bucket or you can be one of those guys that is a conduit. You know, that information comes to you and it flows up and downstream both ways. Being a conduit of information and being open to working with other modalities, working with other areas and finding ways, because at the end of the day, we're all pointing in the same direction. You know, what what we're trying to hit. Clearly, you guys, you know, not only have that as a mission, as a value, but you you do it daily and that can be seen. Um, you know, this is my first interaction and in, in getting a chance to meet you, but I have done my research, you know, on Operation Equine. You, your organization is a nonprofit more than past. It blew our, our little vetting process out of the water. We, we have to be careful. As you know, there's sure. oh, so for sure. many nonprofits running around out there. We have a, I literally have a, a Word document uh, that, that takes me through my checklist of things I want to research into before we extend ourselves to say, hey, and yeah, you guys are like the poster child and then some, you know, of, of that whole piece. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, being able to connect that piece there, I think, you know, from the main thing is that network of yours is huge. That's phenomenal. And I have a feeling it's going to continue to expand and, and grow as we go into the future. And speaking of the future. 2022 specifically what's on deck for operation equine um and you know what are some goals you're looking at for the year for down the line here let's let's talk about the future what's what's happening this year what's happening yeah <laughs> uh, we got some good things going on um one of the things that i hadn't gotten a chance to mention yet so we have a sponsorship fund oh, nice. all of our services well at least for the counseling part um so when we do individual counseling family counseling couples counseling it's a suggested donation of $25. Now, somebody might have a buck 50 of that. Someone might have $5 of that. Someone might have $10. Someone might have all 25. Someone might have 50. I have one, I have one uh, participant. She gives us 50 every time she sees us. I say, do you want that for your next session? She says, nope, that's to pay it forward to the next person. Wow. So yeah, that's really what that's about. Is So obviously the work that we do costs a lot more than that. But that's all we ask of our participants. That is a suggested donation. So raising funds for our sponsorship fund is huge. So, you know, the horses have to eat. The barn needs to be paid. Horses need the veterinarian. They need their shoes. They need their feed. Um, Therapists got to eat. Equine specialists got to eat. All those things. Um, And so our sponsorship fund is also for those kinds of things. So it's to pay it forward. So when we do fundraisers, getting that sponsorship fund um, covered is absolutely essential for what we do. And, you know, when you mentioned something, when we were talking offline a little bit about even gas cards, like someone might say, look, all I can afford is a $25 donation. Well, one that would pay for somebody's one session, which is great. If they say, you know, I, maybe their, maybe their passion is, um, you know, people sometimes have transportation issues. They might say, well, you know what? I got 25 bucks and I want that to go to a gas card for somebody. Great. Have it go to a gas card. Um, you know, we've got a whole set, which I'll be, we're, we're on the, we're in the process of refreshing our website for this year, like a lot of people and just saying what your donation goes to. So, you know, $25 for a gas card, $150 is what a session actually costs to be able to get everybody, you know, and the horses paid for. 
um, you know, being able to pay for a veterinarian bill, you know, horses need, need their feet checked, you know, about every six to eight weeks or so, if you're taking good care of them, Um, you know, they need their shots every year, they need feed, you know, so we break down those costs um, so that when we do fundraisers, it goes, it's very, very important for us for, you know, the majority of that to go to our services for sure. Right. Um, so a couple of things that we're really excited about um, for this year, we are working on a therapeutic pack trip Oh. in full. It's going to be five or six days. The pack trip itself is going to be a two night, three day pack trip. But okay. The whole program is going to be about five or six days because there's going to be a curriculum to it. There's going to be mindfulness to it. There's going to be, you know, um, there's going to be fellowship. There's going to be campfires. There's going to be um, hanging out and doing, it's going to put together the best of what we do with the groundwork because at Operation Equine, we do the groundwork. It's all on the ground. None of it is riding, but then we're going to connect up with an outfitting, um, with a pack trip outfitting program to teach the, to do the therapeutic riding and to do the pack trip skills. Nice. So this is something Dan and I have been talking about uh, because they're going to be doing some kind of day long pack trips as well. So what Dan and I are going to be doing over at Allegiance Ranch is doing some mini fundraisers to teach pack trip clinics. So how to tie the knots? How do you find out how much weight a horse or a mule can take? Um, how do you stay comfortable in the saddle when you're riding all day? Different for a different for a female than it is for a male. You know, how do you tell when your horse is getting fatigued? You know, how do you tie the ropes? How do you tie the knots? How do you pack? All yep. of those things. Um, so we're going to be doing some of that. Keep an eye out for that up at Allegiance Ranch. And Heck then yeah. We are going to be doing that, um, a pretty significant fundraiser for our therapeutic pack trip, because we want to take um, six to eight veterans, and we're going to take them up into the mountains, spend a couple days learning, you know, really learning the skills, really getting to know our horses, and then going on that two-night, three-day pack trip, and there's going to be campfires, there's going to be all sorts of, I'm big on teaching strategies and skills, like a feel-good trip is one thing, and it's awesome, and it's that therapeutic piece, like, heck yeah, that feels good. And two years from then, I want somebody to be able to still talk about the skills that they learned on that trip with their spouse, with their children, with their colleagues, be like, yeah, man, you need to go. We learned some anger management, you know, skills that I'll never (laughs) forget. You know, when my horse wanted to A, B and C and I needed to cool my jet so that I could, you know, get in touch with that horse. Right. You don't forget that. It's the experiential nature of of that recreational therapy. Um, So that's going to be a big thing. We're aiming to do it this June. If we get the funds for it together, that's what I'm aiming for. I know it's ambitious. People are looking at me like, you want to do that this summer? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to do it this <laughs> summer. If it doesn't happen till fall, fine, but I'm aiming for summer. Right. Um, so for that, mark your, mark your calendars for May 7th. We are going to have our, uh, well, it's technically it'll be our third fundraiser, but officially it's going to be our first Barnyard Jubilee. All right. <laughs> it's a you know, AKA a gala, but I'm not having a gala. We are going to have a barnyard jubilee um, and I'm standing by it. So bring your boots, get your fancy hat, get out your biggest belt buckle, get out your mini jeans, get out your, you know, get down your button down, get out your big hair, all of those things. Nice. And so May, May 7th, we are aiming for our barnyard jubilee. Um, and I don't know if I'll be- find my big hair by the seventh. I, I just don't <laughs> think it's going to be there, but I'll keep looking. I promise no, you no, that. Get yourself, get yourself I do have a good size. I do have one. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Flashy boots. Flashy boots work too. Yeah. 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 I'm not so, going to admit that I have those. <laughs> no, you got to wear them loud and proud, man. You right. have to get out all the flashy things because it's going to be fun. We're going to have a band. We'll have a silent auction. 
Um, because I also like dancing is also very therapeutic for me. Like, I don't even care what it is. Like it can be two stepping, it can be square dancing. It can be swing dancing, salsa dancing, whatever. We're going to get some band silent auction, all the things. Nice. Um, yeah. For our barnyard Jubilee. And that's going to be, um, a big fundraiser for that, for that, uh, trail ride or excuse me for the, for the, for the therapeutic pack trip. The pack trip. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And I feel very fortunate, actually so grateful. The um, Daughters of the American Revolution are actually having a tea. They have an annual tea and they honor um, a 501c3 that works with veterans. And so um, I'm giving my presentation for them this week. And then in February, they're having their Daughters of the American Revolution fundraising tea. So um, I'll get to wear a skirt and get my big hair going on. There you go. Um, yeah, get my skirt and my boots on and um, and bring my board over and we'll get to have a fundraising tea for the Daughters of the American Revolution. So I'm that's exciting. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say one more other event that I'm really yeah. psyched about before we move on is I was asked to speak on a panel in April. There's a veteran serving organization um, conference that's being run by CU Anschutz and Oh gosh, I should know who else it's being co-sponsored by, but um, with the Marcus Institute for Brain Health, I have the honor to co-present with them about the efficacy of equine assisted therapies. Um, Perfect. Yeah, so I'll get to speak loud and proud at that, which I'm also very excited about um, to be able to get out to other people that it's more than a feel good thing. Yeah. Um, that like you said earlier, that there's science behind it, that there's, yep. um, that there's meat behind it. There is, yeah. you know, and that's, that's so important. I think the more avenues that we can do to show that, um, you know, it's just of, of the options of things that are available out there. Mm -hmm. In my personal opinion, you will not find a better bang for buck. You know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, the vet, those, the story about the three vets that came in there, you know, wondering what they're about to get into. It's always, you know, that's always going to be a, a train of thought. And just because perhaps, you know, we're creatures of our environment, whatever they've been brought to so far, you know, working, you know, through these things, of course, they're going to think that this is very similar. I encourage the vets and first responders, if you're interested, even if you're not sure if you're interested, contact us, reach out to us, yeah. just meet me over at the ranch. That's, you know, and just no expectations, no, no worries, no, you know, you don't need to, you know, study homework or anything, come out and just look around, mm -hmm. you know, start there. To me, that yeah. was the piece of, Hey, you know, because you start there and what that offers to you, the camaraderie, the connection piece, the resources available, such as operation equine, mm -hmm. um, Hey, even if you're not sure if you like fishing, do you like to laugh? Do you like to go on a boat? Come with me. Let's go. If you're, if you're working through the ranch or any one of our nonprofits, that's who we work with. That's all we ask is that just reach out and get connected with one of them um, so that you have that resource in your back pocket, you know, and that, that they can work with you folks if needs be. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting stuff. That That's super, super um, exciting to see the pack trip coming together. Let me know on that, what we can do to help with promotions piece. We'll bring the truck and the rig over there. Let yes. kids get pictures nice. with them, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, we'll be there to help fundraise, you name it, uh, whatever, awesome. whatever you. we can do uh, to help you guys get that through. So let's, speaking on that topic, let's talk about this. People that are watching right now, as mm -hmm. we wrap this up here, mm -hmm. people that are watching, what are ways, you know, beyond the obvious, what are ways that people can help Operation Equine, uh, you know, specifically to your organization in general? Let's mm -hmm. just talk to us about that. What, what your thoughts are on that? How, how, yeah. how can they help? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously fundraising is always one of those things. Um, you know, even $25 helps. Um, I'll say, for example, so we had some active, active service members out from the, uh, from Fort Carson, they came out for a volunteer day. And so even coming out, whether it's Allegiance Ranch or down at Colorado Equine Specialist, there's always things to be mucked, fixed, changed, you know, gussied up, all of those things. Um, so people are like, well, I don't have money, but I got time. That's great. Time and volunteering is always super, super helpful and so appreciated. Again, even if someone's just got an hour or two um, at Allegiance Ranch, if they go through the volunteer orientation, people can come out with their kids. I think it's I think it's eight and up, or if they're younger, they just kind of need to stay with mom and dad, but you know, at a certain age. Um, and down at Colorado Equine Specialists, we have planned volunteer days. Um, that's how we actually got some of the active folks on their defender days to come out from Fort Carson. Nice. They came out for the, yeah, they came out to help out for the day. They're like, hey, you should come out for one of our defender days, which was like a leadership day for them. Right. And they came out again, super skeptical, had a blast, um, had so much fun serving those guys. I will say, and if someone wants to make a specific donation for a certain thing, like for example, um, if they say, gosh, we really want to give back to the emergency responders to have them come out for a day, they hardly have anything in their budgets for like a respite day for them or a, you know, mental health day for them. So if someone says we really want to give back to the emergency responders and the law enforcement and the firefighters and the EMTs, especially for the whole Louisville Superior thing for the last couple of weeks, absolutely, we can do a fund for them. If someone says, if someone wants to say, here's 500 bucks, I want to get them out there and give them whatever time they can give for that. That is specifically for them. I would love that. I know they would love that. Um, DPD, we had their uh, Denver police department. We had their peer support team out and they didn't have anything in their budget, which is just fine. You know, like, no, just come out. We want to serve you guys. We want to give you a day just to, just to love on you and have the horses love on you. Um, and those That's men awesome. and women, they donated out of their own pockets, which they did not have to do. Um, it was very grateful, but I want to be, I want to be able to have the people of our communities show their support, especially right. at this time to law enforcement, to firefighters, to EMTs, to frontline healthcare workers, Lord knows, do they need it right now? So if people want to spend, um, you know, their funds specifically for that, I will say too, um, you know, again, with volunteers, we are also looking for additional board members. Uh, my board right now is small but mighty. We've got our, you know, we've got our requisite board members and we need some help. You know, I'm, I'm a one woman show right now um, in addition to my board members. And so um, people who are interested in giving their time, um, we're not the kind of board that you talk about at cocktail parties and then don't do anything in between board meetings. Like we're a working board. I want people who <laughs> have a skill, who have the love, who have the dedication and the passion to do some work in between board meetings, um, especially uh, grant writers, people who know how to fundraiser, who do how to do fundraisers, marketing. I always need help with that because I'm not, I'm not great on Facebook. Let's just face it. I'm not. And if someone would like it's to tough. do that for me, oh, oh, I do it to the best of my ability, but um, it's tough. You know, or if, if someone says, Hey, my superpower is numbers. Great. You know, we've, we've got a treasurer and I know she could use the help. You know, if someone says my superpower is it or, you know, Photoshop, or, you know, I'm a people person and I can't do anything in between board meetings, but by God, when you've got a fundraiser, let me be your point of contact. Great. There you, go. Um, you know, to say once, you know, once a year, make me your, make me your silent auction professional, like, awesome. We need you come on over. So just if someone's got a superpower that they would like to lend to this, um, yeah, we could use the help for sure. So that's another way to be able to support. So many times people forget about that on the nonprofit side is just how much of a business this is and that they think maybe they don't have the funds or maybe they don't have a ton of time, but like you said, Hey, 
could do you think you could carve two, three times a year out mm -hmm. to help on special big projects that are coming down the line? And I, I, most people absolutely yes is going to be the answer. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. You can you can give up one night of you know watching The Witcher on Netflix or whatever it's on right now, HBO Max. Um, you can give up you know one night of binging a little bit just to contribute and give back like that. And a lot of times people don't realize that it literally can be, you, you have no idea how helpful that is, you know, for, for small business. Cause that is exactly what you are. You've mm -hmm. got hat after hat. I can tell you my accountant hat is super <laughs> clean because I hate wearing it. I just, that's the one side that, that yeah. oh, I hate that portion of it. Yeah. But with the nonprofit support, there's so many, so many options for people that can really help out. Even if it's not super, even if it's just an okay power, yeah. give, them a, give them a call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and talk. You, yeah. Like even as a family, if someone wants to come ball, you know, I know that especially during you know, the last year and a half, two years, as the whole world went a little hoo-hoo, people were looking for outdoor things to do as a family. Sure. So you can come volunteer at Allegiance Ranch as a family, um, you know, or come work one of our fundraisers. Um, one of the great things about, like, if their parents are in, you know, are in a therapeutic session with us, if, if you've got, if we've got older kids who want to babysit, you know, like, there's different ways for, for people of almost any age to come help support and do whatever it is that, that they love to do. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah. And if someone's got any questions, I'm just call me the best way. The best way to reach me is usually either by text or by phone. I mean, you and I know about emails, right? It's like 27 million that go through. It's like, ah, oh, snaps. I missed that email. So always feel free to, if you send me an email, feel free to shoot me a text and be like, Hey, Michelle, I send you an email. Um, Perfect. Yeah. And we'll put that information up here, of course, on the video. Perfect. We'll give all that we'll, we'll, uh, to this point in the video, we've been flashing it across there. We'll give you a website. Um, you. And, uh, and uh, of course, I'll ask if you, if you want your phone number, you know, put through that mm -hmm. there, we'll, we'll figure that out. But at least uh, initial points of contact. Um, if we're having, you know, any challenge, if you don't hear back, you know, get a hold of one of us, obviously. That's we'll right. we'll connect. Hey, through Jean, Michelle's not answering my that, email. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that's what we're here to do. We're all we're all in the same same boat, like you said before. So, well, listen, Michelle, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. This is probably going to end up being like a three parter, but such great information. That's I mean, that's that's beautiful. We'll make it in nine parts if we need to. <laughs> We'd you. love to have you come back, you know, throughout the, the course of this year here. Just, you know, if there's, you know, the closer we get to this packed uh, therapeutic trip, let's talk more about that. Let's have you in there. I'm sure we're going to have more questions you are my my leading expert in these fields so we'll we'll reach out there um and who knows you know we've got uh, the barnyard jubilee you know <laughs> hopefully that's uh, maybe could be one of the one of the things we can uh, you know partner up with and work together try to so fun see what yeah. kind of funds we can raise and pick up out there oh it would be an honor dean i love this this has been so fun and i'm just so enjoying getting to know more about you and about what you do also and so whatever we can do to co-support. Absolutely. I am in and call me back anytime. I'd be, I'd be happy to talk more for sure. That's awesome. And in the spirit of making sure that we hit you with a question that probably no one else you're going to get okay. as you do interviews. Yeah. You don't even know which one this is. Don't. So, so now, you know, we, we've got to do that. It's kind of our, you know, we're starting to make that our little, our little coin. So here's the question. Christmas lights and decorations. Okay. Before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving? You mean when to put them up? Yep. So the funny thing is, I'm Jewish. 
<laughs> okay, hang on. Hang no, on. No, no, I'll, no. I'll, I'll change it up. No, no, no. This is hilarious, which makes the question even funnier. Right. Because I love holiday lights. I call them holiday lights. Right. I love them. The twinklier, the better. Like I, th I'm personally, I'm old school. Like you and I talked about this, you know, we're about yep. the same age. I am old school. You got to wait until after Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Gotta, you. <laughs> like, you know, after See? Thanksgiving, that is a thing. Right. Keep them up as long as you want. You That's right. So flipping, I don't know, spring break if you want to, but you gotta <laughs> wait until, because otherwise Thanksgiving gets missed. That's right. I love Thanksgiving has got to be one of my favorite top three holidays of all right. time. And that like gratitude and the family and the food. Give Thanksgiving its full power. It's I, full. Yeah, I think you shortchange the, the yeah, you shortchange Turkey Day if you start throwing them up before. And in my that's opinion, right. That's right. And Hanukkah it, started like three days after Thanksgiving this year. So it's like, get on it. You got to get on it. But like, yeah. Yeah. See, and I'm, if there's more decorations involved, I'm going to start celebrating Hanukkah now too. Just Do because. Absolutely. Just, Why we, not? We're, we're all for it, man. All the decorations you want after the fact. Yeah. That's right. That's right. What, what do they say in Seinfeld? Festivus for the rest of us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. In our family, in our family, as we're signing off, I'll just call it. I think it's it's like 17 different versions of Christmas Hansa Wanakas. So it involves like Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, like just put it all together and it's one big fat December holiday. I mean, that is awesome. Yeah. Hey, no matter what we're celebrating, that's all that, you know, at the end that's of the right. day, we're all same mission again. That's well, listen, right. Michelle, thank you so very, very much. Uh, we appreciate this. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, working with you in the future. Awesome. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate it. You bet. All right. Take care.